Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to another Super Rugby Podcast with your hosts, Damien Warren and Toby Harris. Now Toby, this is a special podcast really, isn't it? It is, it is. Why is it special? Because we're back in the same room. I've put some love music on, mate. Oh, I tell you what, we tried so hard, didn't we, on our usual time slot on a Wednesday. Technology once again overtook Overtook me. Overtook. Well, I, I think it's one of those bits of technology that would have overtaken anyone. Yeah, true. It was basically a fault with the software the or matrix. something like that. So we did um, unfortunately miss out last week. Yeah. Well, well, it's the same week, but just a few days late. A few days late, which actually gives us more of an opportunity to talk. Yes. Rugby anyway, doesn't it? Correct. So, mate, uh, shall we get cracking? Yes, let's pod. get cracking with the pod. We're, now, I've got um, some voice notes. Now, this is from Matt Parker. He's um, he's sending a couple of voice notes while he was uh, in traffic, I believe. So, let me um, see what I can do. Sure, mouse boy. Um, just been listening to your podcast. Yeah, I thought I'd send you a video, uh, voice message thing because... I am driving at the moment to the cousin's house and enjoying Brisbane traffic. But anyway, just to let you know that, yes, it is the same Jared Prophet that you went to school with, big old prof. Um, also, my, my thing is, like, I want to hear your guys' opinion on it. So Moana Pacifica have announced a 34-year-old British um, lock in their team for this season. Do you think it's a good idea to have an international um, player like that when they're wanting to build like the team like around the whole um, Pacifica like nation sort of thing? So basically he's saying, um, is it a good idea to bring in people from outside instead of homegrown talent? Absolutely not. I have a massive issue with this. I think it's it's probably quite a good thing for results wise, yeah, short term, uh, to give experience and a bit of grit, uh, which they do need. But it's a big but. You know, you you've started a new team. There is a huge number of young uh, Moana Pacifica players who could play, want to play and who will be missing out if you go down this this route. Yes, no, I get that. But also, Julian Savia is playing for Moana Pacifica. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, do you need a handful of people like that in your squad to then bring everyone up 
and it creates that healthy in-team competition. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think short-term, and if it's managed correctly, then long-term as well, because, you know, these young players will learn off the old yes. dogs, don't they? Well, that's right. And also, you know, like Matt said, he's, what, 34, 35. So he's quite old. No spring chicken. Correct. So maybe it is sort of a short-term plan of, right, we'll get him in there for a couple of years. We'll help with the younger ones, you know, he'll probably help in like almost a mentor or coaching role to bring up those younger ones. It'll be very interesting because, you know, Moana Pacifica were, I, I don't think you could call them the whipping boys. Well, they were though, weren't they? But they, they, they were last oh, yeah. in the table. Yeah, big time. So they need to do something. Is yep. this the right thing? I personally think that... Um, if you look at what Fiji have done, that's the route they should be going down rather than the route of selecting a whole bunch of players that live in New Zealand yeah. or are living overseas. But that's just my take on it. Mate. Right. Well, he's sent us another one as well. So there's two here. I love this, by the way. This but is absolute class. I'm just uh, going to the cousins. <laughs> yeah, it's so just Kiwi. Going to the boys. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Also... Loving the podcast. Never thought I'd ever get into podcast, but enjoying your one. Um, also, uh, P. Mills, aka Millsy, says hi. And for uh, future prospects to look out for, I'll give you a name Dylan Bronlin. He's currently signed with like the under 19s Western Force, but he's an ex Gisborne Boys High school player. And if you want to see the state of like Australian rugby, was it his first game he scored four tries? And at one point he was the top try scorer for, I think, three or four weeks as well. But yeah, chair mouse boy. <laughs> chair mouse boy. Um, Millsy, my brother's age, I think it's the, I think I know him. I think I know Millsy. It looks like a, it looks kind of looks like a horse. All I've got to say is <laughs> Millsy knows you because Millsy says hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so one to watch out for then. I, I always like a little bolter. Now, what I'm worried about is, is he a Gisborne boy? It's a Gisborne he, boy he's playing, playing Australia. Australia. I'd be better not wear that uh, green that and gold. G- green and gold. Do you know, genuinely. That would be one thing that would put me off playing for Australia, is the kit. Oh, see, I don't <laughs> mind it, you know. You know when they go like dark green? I'm like, okay with that. But, you know, I mean, like... Dark green's like South Africa. Just imagine like you pick up your kit and it's that orange. <laughs> it's awful. It's not orange though, <laughs> is it? It's not orange. It's orange, mate. It's orange, isn't it? They call it gold. It's not gold. No way is it gold. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I wonder what position he's playing in. Four tries, so that would mean... a winger, I'd think. You'd imagine so, wouldn't you? You'd imagine so. Right, mate. Uh, We've got one here from uh, Benji. Long-time lister, but now signed up to Patreon. Thank you very much, Benji. Um, As I wanted to keep the lights and the pod going, but uh, also selfishly want to give my self a reason to make sure i keep watching super rugby this year i like that that's good good yeah listening to the pod will ensure that 
I will stay engaged. Uh, my uncle got me into rugby as a kid, and he's from Wellington. That meant I became a Hurricanes fan. Uh, being post-World Cup year, the squads are looking a little bit weaker than usual, and the Canes even managed to forget their mate Geordie Barrett plays for them in the squad announcement. That's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Someone's getting fired. Um, please give me a reason to keep watching avidly come February. Are there any bolters for the ABs? Uh, uh, any in the squads? Who will Scott Robinson be watching closely? Why would you watch any of the Aussie games? So let's do that first one. Why would you watch any of the Aussie games? There's only one way for them to go, isn't there? They've sort of, this is their rock bottom, really. You know, you and I, we sort of said, look, though, they could do something in the World Cup. We were wrong. <laughs> we were very, very wrong. Um, so that's sort of their rock bottom. Now, can I, just, can I just peel that back? Eh? Can I, <laughs> <laughs> can I peel that back a little bit? When Eddie picked the squad, I don't think we were saying that they could do something at the World Cup. I think before he picked the squad. Yes, okay. Yeah, when he went for the inexperienced players yeah. across the board. Well, we thought that, you know, they'd either flop or they'd do... What? Oh, they'd do <laughs> I peeled okay, it back eh? and then it flopped. <laughs> <laughs> God, gee whiz. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Oh, you've flustered me, Damo. <laughs> no, I think, you know, they could have flopped or they could... <laughs> Or they could have done something and it was sort of the one where it just didn't work for them. No, I mean, I'm, I want to go into a little bit more detail about that uh, later. But um, I think, like, from a Kiwi point of view, I think it's quite nice to always beat the Aussies. So from a point of view of, like, I don't think you can go into it and think, oh, you're going to roll them. They're not going to be that bad, I, I don't think. No, but, you know, it's always good to have a bit of competition. It's, it's cool when it's close. Now, it is cool when it's close, but it's cool to beat the Aussies. Of like, course it is, yeah. You know, yeah especially but, when you go there. Yeah, but you don't want to, you know, smash them every single time. It just gets a bit boring. I don't think you will, though. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think they're going to be right, that bad. I, see, I, got you. I still think it'll be a games that you'll go into and you'll go, you know, we can't play, we can't afford to play badly, especially no. away from home. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, there will be games where you know the New Zealand teams do run over them but I don't think they'll be expecting to run over them before the game starts no is my point so that's the first one I think they're still going to be interesting games to watch and sometimes I quite you know I quite like the the slightly more laid back you know you think you're probably going to win rather than you know nervous Jervis um who do you think Scott Robinson's going to be watching closely is there anyone there that you saw last year that you think Scott Robinson's going to really run with him? I that? think Sean Stevenson. I think if he has a pretty good super rugby, then it's a no-brainer. You know, everyone was shocked when he didn't get picked. Yes. Um, who else? Who was the sort of shock that didn't get picked? Oh, that's the problem though, isn't it? Like, there wasn't no. absolute shock, non-selections. No. Possibly, you'd say, 
if TJ Piranara was fit, if he hadn't have been, but he wasn't fit. No. Um, Brad Weber maybe felt hard done by. Well, Brad Weber's now in, well, I think Brad Weber should feel hard done by. Yeah, um, but, uh, well. I think Finlay Christie's not up to it. Yeah, a lot of people think he is though, mate. A lot I of people think, think he of, is. Um, is it Conrad? Conrad. All I can think of is Conrad Smith. Yeah, I know. The, the halfback. Oh, um, <laughs> we did this, didn't we, last time? Yeah. We did this. Uh, Cam Roygaard. Cam Roygaard. Yeah, he was good though, wasn't he? He was good. He's but, young. But I would say when push comes to shove, they didn't play him. No. That was an experience. Exactly. But <laughs> The only but way what, he's going to get experience is by playing. Correct. I would have played him in the final. Yeah. Because I think that they needed something off the bench. And what they got off the bench was very much the same as what like they got. Like for like. Yeah, like for like. I can tell you a couple of people who um, I think, and we're talking about, you know, this is um, Benji's team, the Hurricanes. I think Devin Flanders, one to watch. And um, the other one that I had down from from there is, I think it could be another big year for a sufferer more. Oh, I agree. Scott Robinson likes him. Scott Robinson likes him. Uh, and the other one that I thought was brilliant was Braden Yosei. Now, Braden Yosei, I don't think he was even in the All Blacks picture. But towards the end of last year, Braden Yosei was unbelievable. Um, and I think they'll be having a good look at him. Other than that, I would think that he might go down the Cam Roygaard path and he might even start with Cam Roygaard rather than Cam Roygaard being off an off-the-bench player. But it'd be very interesting. Well, who who would they start instead? They well, can't Finley, start. Finlay Christie. They can't, though, can they? Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> who else is there? That's I think that's sort of the department where we're a little bit... TJ. TJ Perrineau. He's not a starter. No, and that, that's going to be interesting this year because they've got TJ and Cam Roygaard in their team. Oh, do they? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much game time they'll get. I, I'm imagining they'll just get half and half and they'll swap it around a bit like the Crusaders have done for years. Yeah. Um, so but that's not that's not very good for them, is it? They don't get a consistent... Now, if they, they are... They don't get consistent play. If they are then the All Black scrum half pairing... I think it makes a lot of sense because they're used to playing with each other. They're used to coming on and off. <laughs> all right, Damien. All right. No, I get what you mean, though. It's like, <clears throat> you know, um, hurricanes. Hurricanes. N- do, do, do. Hurricanes. Um, Nonu and Conrad Smith. Yes, 100%. You know, that pairing. Or um, who was it with... Um, Dan Carter who was the normal Dan Carter's scrum half yeah or inside scrum half oh no mate it's Mitch Mitch Drummond yeah no no. bad example yeah that was a really bad example but it was Smith wasn't it yes but they played loads of New Zealand together you know every all black test for a very long time yes mate it's time for breaking news Kindly supported by our Patreon members. Have we lost any? Benji. Benji came in on yep. just as someone left. Oh, who left? 
Uh, let's not mention it. Oh. Right, let's not mention it. Oh, shall we mention it? Oh, no, let's not mention it. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> let's mention it. <laughs> um, so we've got 10. We're still on double figures. We're still on double figures. Yeah. I, I, I can't say, ben, you know, Benji came in at the perfect time. Yeah. It says on my little Patreon thing, it goes, uh, people that joined in the last 30 days, Benji, people that left, left. in the last 30 30- Oh, no. Hola, amigos. <laughs> Okay, mate. So, do you want to go first? Yes, I'll go first. So, um, recently, oh, there's, a, there's, there's a guy going past the window in a wheelchair. <laughs> do you mean... I thought it was really short. Do you mean a... Not a wheelchair. Do you mean like one of those old man, old woman things? Hang on. Here we go. I'm yeah. looking out. Oh, no. It's no, a wheelchair. wheelchair. It's a wheelchair. Don't see that every day, do no, you? No, you don't. No. Anyway. <clears throat> so... Australian rugby. Yes. They lost a sponsor. Ooh. Yeah. Which one? Uh very good question. Very, very good question. <laughs> good research from you. Solid. But they've secured an eight figure loan. What? So they've as in like they've got another sponsor, pretty much. Okay. So major sponsor walked. So now their major sponsors were Cadbury. Cadbury's and I think, um, who was the other one? Harvey so Norman. Lost Harvey Norman. Mm. Um, and Pacific Equity Partners, whoever they are. Have come in and filled that Have gap. come in, filled the boots, 80 million. Wow. So they've given them $80 million loan. Loan though. So it's not a sponsor, no, deal, is it? No, it's not a sponsor. So it's obviously they were obviously in debt. Oh my god, it's getting worse and worse for so the Aussies, isn't it? You know, like you say, it's just getting worse for them. Um, Do you know what? The, I listened this morning actually to a interview with Hamish McClellan, who was the uh, head of Aussie rugby. So he's left now. He's he's been cut. Okay. Um, and but the the interview t- was take took place before he got cut, and he was the one that brought on Cabries. He was the one that brought on Harvey Norman. So I don't know whether or not because he's been cut, yeah. Harvey Norman have then said well, or whether or not Harvey Norman have have thrown the toys out of the pram because of the mess that they're in. But what I would say is, after listening to that interview with with him. I think they should have kept him. And the reason why they should have kept him was because, yes, the Eddie Jones thing was a disaster. The World Cup was a disaster. But I think he made, with the board, the tough decision to to get Eddie Jones in. And the reason that he gave, which, which really rung true to me, is Eddie Jones was supposed to take over from Dave Rennie after the World Cup. That right. was kind of signed, sealed and delivered, right? But then he, then he got sacked from England, and Australian rugby knew if they didn't hire him, then they wouldn't get him. They wouldn't get him because he'd be on another much bigger contract, ranging. So Hamish McClellan wanted Eddie, lined up Eddie, thinking he was going to get him after the World Cup, but then he gets cut. So do you then all that planning that's gone on? Do you just get him in early? Or do you miss out on him? And I think 
it was it was a good decision to get him in early. But in hindsight, well, knowing what knowing what we know now, then it was a shocking decision. But I don't think I would have made a different decision if I had been put in that spot. And that's that's the thing I'm trying to say. He he does look like he cares. He looks like he's got the acumen, the business acumen, when he brings in the sponsors. His normal job is in the corporate world. So I think it's possibly a little bit short-sighted of Australia just to dump it all at his shoulders and yeah, say... Yeah, it's not good, is it? Turn against Eddie. If Eddie Jones had an interview with, with uh, Japanese rugby on the eve of leaving for the World Cup, it all falls at Eddie Jones's feet, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So Yeah, not good. But now he's lost, and now they're starting from scratch again. Sounds like they've, they've lost a bit of money as well. Mate, my first story is about um, departing players uh, who... Who we're talking about? Crikey, um, scrum half, scrum half. We just talked about him. Your your mate, Roy Gard, no oh, Weber, Weber. So Brad Weber has um obviously gone to France and he was interviewed, and he did say some quite revealing things about New Zealand rugby. The first one was he kind of confirmed that Super Rugby's in a bit of a pickle. So you know when we're like, we're like thinking, what do the players think? It's kind of obvious that the players feel that Super Rugby is not what it used to be. So, you know, those are the people, boots on the ground. They're sitting there and saying, look, it's not what it used to be. Things need to change. He also went in and said, the players are really worried about the grassroots rugby in New Zealand. And that, you know, club-wise, the game is never you know, is in a really bad state. So this is coming from a, from a current player. The other thing he said, which really surprised me, was he said the difference between how well you looked after in France compared to how well you looked after in New Zealand. And I think the training facilities are Just substandard. The way of, oh really? In, in New Zealand. Yes, yeah. The training facilities are substandard. You don't even get fed. So, you know, he talks about in France, you get breakfast and lunch. Yeah. And in New Zealand, I don't think you do. Do you I mean, not? As a professional athlete, mm. you would imagine the one thing that you'd get is, is breakfast well, and lunch. nutrition, isn't it? That's probably why a few of our players are heavy. But also, it's just the way of life, isn't it? Why wouldn't you want to go to France? Yeah. Cheese, wine. Oh, I'm there. Ladies. Baguette. I was there with a cheese. <laughs> you don't you even had drink. Me a cheese. <laughs> Bag heads. <laughs> so um, it's interesting, isn't it? Now, what he also said was the alarm bells were going off amongst the players when it came to the South Africans leaving Super Rugby. Yeah. Again, something that we've spoken about, you know, uh, not having the South Africans in there is something that the, the players have kind of struggled with. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he says uh he does feel like New Zealand rugby has um has got the players in positions now that can turn the game around, but he feels that the game needs to be turned around. Mate, what's your second story? So my second story cross continent rugby. 
the Chiefs and Blues lock in preseason games against Japan's League One. Okay. What do you think of that? Love the idea. It's a bit like idea. what football does, isn't it? Yes. You know, they go overseas. Yep. They go to the markets that are financially very viable. Yep. Going to sell a few more tops. Yep. Going to get a few more sponsorship deals. Yep. Do you think? Do you think there's sort of scope in New Zealand Australian teams going over to Europe as like a pre-season, or do you think that's too far? Well, the Crusaders, I think, are doing it. Are they? So I think it's it's happening, but I do think it's too far. And also... It's too far for like one or two games, isn't it? Yeah, and also, I don't really... I don't really get why you'd want to go over there and potentially lose. Um, you know, Yeah, your pre-season's all about sort of winning, isn't it? Yeah, because if you're not up to your very best... Yeah. You're going to lose. Correct. That's going to do nothing for your brand. Well, especially if you're coming to Europe, you know, they're they're well and truly into their season, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. And a lot of them are scoring a lot of tries. So it's one of those where is it worth, like you say, is it worth going for the brand? You know, it's not going to do your brand very good if you lose. So is it worth going to then lose or get hammered get some injuries play in shocking conditions i would say no mm. but it might be nice for the players you know if you as a player think that you've got this pre-season trip to europe that'd be pretty cool and i think we do need to do as much as we can for the players yeah to make sure that they are you know you know interested in in playing because you know if they know that they're going to be able to travel the world playing rugby, that's quite appealing in itself, isn't it, yes. as a young player? Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I do think, you know, before they would go to Japan, they go to Argentina, they go to South Africa yearly if they're a super rugby player. And if they make the All Blacks, they go to Europe. Yeah. But, you know, like, New Zealand rugby now must be saving so much money on flights. Well, yeah, I mean, apparently the competition lost money because of the flights. What? It was the most expensive competition run in the world. Because of that? Because <laughs> of um, flying players all over, but flying journalists over. Right. You know, the TV. Yes. All of that. But surely the TV stuff's there. Yes, but the host broadcasters will, will video it, obviously, yep. but they still have the... Um, commentators right, and all of that that go with and it's not just me <clears throat> i was watching the um the cricket world cup right and i was shocked at the end of the at the end of the match they're lifting up the trophy they had the players picture and then they called over their support team right there was more coaches yeah than there was players, players. and i would imagine it's very similar uh with the rugby isn't it you know they're going to have quite a few physios at the very least. Then you're going to have your kicking coach. You're going to have your, you know, your trainer, trainer, your defense. You know, it's just like scrum, never ending list of players. So, you know, it's not just about flying over your 23 man squad. Well, you had to look at the Rugby World Cup. Hell of a lot of people there. Now you got you got your coders. You got your 
you know, your your analysis yeah. team as well. Yeah. And they are important because yeah. I've done that job. <laughs> the insights they give you are amazing. <laughs> so true though, mate. Those coders, they do an amazing they job. They do a hell of a job. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I think that you've got to do things that are going to uh, float the players' boats. That's for sure. Because actually it's the small things that make the difference. You know, being able to play at home with your family... Uh, coming to watch you is a pull traveling the world is a pull um, being a bit better looked after would be yeah. would be you know getting fed I mean I can't believe it that he was saying one of the big differences was you get breakfast and lunch every day bizarre it's like soccer football you know if we're not doing that if the Crusaders aren't doing that I'm shocked I am shocked uh, mate my second story is don't do it Sonny Bill Williams advice for Michael Hooper, who's going to go sevens. Michael Hooper, Pooper Scooper. Pooper Scooper. He's going to go and play for the Australian sevens team. Um, and he asked Sonny Bill Williams, should I do it? And Sonny said, absolutely not. Now, you've got to remember when Sonny Bill did it. Don't you mean Shunny Bill? <laughs> Shunny Bill. Oh, Shunny Bill. Uh, when he did it, he lost to Japan at the, at, the, at the Olympics, didn't he? They didn't even get a bronze medal. They're not? No, nah, they lost to Japan in the in the... I thought, he, I thought he did. No. Nah. He went to Rio, didn't he? Yeah, lost it, mate. Lost to Japan. Really? Yep. Are you sure? I'm sure. I think I'm sure anyway. Oh, maybe like, it was the Commonwealth Games that I'm... Yeah, maybe. But yeah, he definitely lost to Japan and I was absolutely gutted. Gutted. Um, but we talked about last week, I wish more the 15 side would go and play in the sevens team for the big competitions. You know, if we, we, we talked about that team that we would have put out and it would have been a hell of a team going. And I think, you know, once every four years, the 15 side game could take a backseat. Yeah. And these players could go and represent their country on the world stage and win us a gold medal. I don't think we've won a gold medal at the Olympics with the sevens team. The, we, the women's have, but not the men's. Interesting. Are you trying to look this up? Yes. <laughs> Mate, um, it's over to what caught your eye Yeah. anyway. So what <clears> has <throat> caught your eye? Uh, English rugby. Go on. So some were saying that this was going to be the game of the round, game of the weekend, uh, Sale Sharks versus Bath. Yeah, I thought it was going to be amazing. Yeah. And the final score was 11 points to nine. Do you know if that was played? In sale. It's played in sale? Yeah. As in Manchester. I wonder what the gr- the ground was like. I can't imagine the ground being absolutely shocking, but it does seem when Finn Russell's playing, a very... Because what would that be? That would be um, a try and two penalties to three penalties, wouldn't it? Yeah, not not a great game. But I did, I did look at the... Um, so as I mentioned before, I've got my team which is the, the, can't even say who it is, the Harlequins. And I've watched them the last two two weeks, not been impressed. Well, they lost again, didn't they? They lost again last night. Uh, they lost to, to um, Saracens, who apparently they've hardly beaten in the last 30 outings. I think they've only won five. Really? Well, they the lost to Northampton. They lost to Northampton. This week. And I watched that game. And I have to say, you know, you've got... A fantastic backline, 
but you've got absolutely no attacking structures. I think there's some real issues at Harlequins because in the past they've had some decent players uh, and not things haven't come together. And then they had the time where they didn't have a coach and they went and won the premiership. Yeah. And now it seems like they've gone back to, they've got the players, they've got some stars, they're just not putting it out on the pitch. Almost like the Blues. They are the Blues. Yeah. You know, they've got everything in their favour. They've got location. Got location, got a great, great sort of stadium. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. Isn't it just next to Twickenham? It is. Well, it's actually not that good a stadium, to be honest, but. It sounds cool. It sounds great, but it's in a great location. Yes. Who doesn't want to live in London as a player? Yeah. They'll be fighting for that. Apparently, they're well paid as well, obviously. But, um, yeah, not looking good. No. When, when you've got, like, a back line that they've got and you're not scoring truckloads of tries because Harlequins are known for spinning the ball, something's going wrong, and, and I think it's – you know, some real rookie mistakes going on at the moment. But I wanted to go through a couple of these games, you know. Saracens, uh, 50 points to Newcastle's 12. Northampton, 34-19. You know, this is, um, there are some big scoring matches. They are throwing the ball around. So um, it should be good to watch. But I don't think it is as good to watch as you might first have thought. And they still play that kind of kick to the corner, drive, kick to the corner, drive. You know, the score lines are impressive, but I'm not saying that... It's not good-looking rugby. I still don't think it's as good-looking rugby as... Typical English rugby, then. Kicking for the corner, mauling. Mm, I wouldn't say typical. It's there is, a sl- there is a move to trying to score tries. But... I wouldn't say there's as big a shift as people have been talking about. That's for sure. Um, listeners' questions, mate. Have you got anything else that caught your eye? No. No. Listeners' questions. I've got one here for you. There's a lot of talk about problems with the game of rugby. But if you were trying to explain to someone new why they should take up the game, what would you say? And that is from David. Can you repeat that, sir? <laughs> You're still looking for the Sunny Bill thing. No, I found that. <laughs> Was I right? Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't lose to Japan. We did, didn't we? No. Who did we lose to? We lost to Fiji in the quarters. Yeah. And then we lost to Japan. We lost to Japan in the pool. We lost to Japan in the pool? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so this is the question. There's a lot of talk about problems with the game of rugby. But if you were trying to explain to someone new... Why they should take up the game? What would you say? Um, oh God, don't do it. <laughs> no, I think yeah, you got to do it, eh? You can't. Is, it, is that, is that going to be your spiel, mate? You gonna... <laughs> I think. Well, I think it's a good sport because not necessarily the game, but also what comes with the game. Yeah, I agree with camaraderie, that. Camaraderie, yes, teamwork. Um, you're fighting for. Not only yourself, but your teammates. Yeah. Not physically fighting, but you know, you're going to battle with other people who want to do it too. When you use the word battle, yeah, that's, I think, the difference. Because if you think about other sports, 
there's no other sport that I can think of apart from rugby league or maybe the NFL. Yeah. That you are truly going into battle, physical battle with the opposition. I think it's as close as you get to the old Roman days in the Colosseum. Oh, gladiator. You what know, a film that is. What a film. Actually, do you know what? Though? I watched it not that long ago. It wasn't as good as I remembered. Oh, Damien, don't yeah. say that. No, it really I wasn't. I watched Cars the other day. <laughs> huh? Similar that? sort of film. Was that good? Oh, <laughs> like I remember it. <laughs> do you know watch Toy Stories? Now, they were good films. Were they? They were great I don't films. think I've watched one <gasps> from the start to finish. You need I've to seen, like, watch bits it, Bob. mate. Seriously? Wow. That's saying something. Um, I, I agree with that. It's the closest thing you're going to do. You're going into battle. You know you're going into battle. But you're not going to go into battle on your own like a boxing match uh, or something along those lines. You are going into... You're going into selfless battle. Yeah. You're going into 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 that with a whole bunch of mates. You've got your supporters behind you. You've got your country behind you yeah. or your area behind you. Um, and it's just different, isn't it? So I would say if you talk about skills for life, about going the extra mile, about doing this thing, the unseen things that matter behind the scenes, there's like a, a position for everyone. Yeah. For you, it's on the wing, isn't it? In the centres. All right? You're not you, going to get near you, a ruck. You, hey, get off. You're not going to get near nah, a ruck. Nah, get a couple of turnovers. Mate, only turnover, the only turnover you're going to get is an interception. Oh, how mean. How rude. Did you enjoy the um, the Bosch? The Bosch. Or did you, did you look for the gap? Did you look to run round? Or did you enjoy the Bosch? I'd always look for the gap. Yeah, I wouldn't. You're just a bosh. <laughs> but I did like a good cheap shot every now and then. I'd go <laughs> the mouldy sidestep. Boom. It's only, it only because my sidestep was rubbish that I had to go I the mouldy. I didn't have one. Didn't you? No. Nah. I loved it. had more toe step. than a Roman sandal. You did. But no step. I had a good fend, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, did you tuck? Same side every time, or Terry did, Tucker. could you um could you tuck either side? Do you know what I mean? Like, could you tuck on your right and fend with your left? Yes, or you could. Yeah, because that's a skill. Hey, Rico Ioani should have done that in the final. <coughs> Enough said. <laughs> Not better at all. <laughs> oh, you're over it, eh, Dave? You're yeah, over yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely over it. Four more years, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you know when people talked about New Zealand choking. In World Cups. Yeah. Do you think there's any any validity in that this time? No. You can't choke in a final. What? Well, we have choked in previous finals. Which final? Well, uh, the, well yeah, South Africa you know, 95. That, that, was, that was food poisoning, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you can't necessarily say, oh, you've choked in a final. 2007. We had a very good team. We probably choked then. Yeah, in the, quarter. the quarters. Yeah. Um, I think they're tough to win. Like World Cups are tough to win. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think anyone necessarily would. Maybe Australia didn't choke. They just didn't perform very well. Mm. You know, they didn't have the players to then back up what they wanted to do. No. Um. Okay. 
my question to you. What's the biggest life lesson you've learnt through playing rugby? It's deep, isn't it? It's deep, mate. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Good question. Um, that is really deep. Mm. There's a lady in high vis just running <laughs> laps. Is she just running around the block? I think she does, yeah. Jenny. Jenny from the block. <laughs> Cheers, J-Lo. Um, life lesson. I think when I sort of left school and then started playing rugby as like a, a young adult, it gave me confidence. Um, you know, like I could go into a situation and feel confident that I would get out of that situation okay. Whereas before, I think it was very much no confidence. If you go into a situation, it's like, oh, I'll be okay, but it's I'm not comfortable. Yeah, and then having played rugby with with other, well, I mean, having played rugby, you sort of get that confidence. You sort of bring your chest out a little bit, and you feel a little bit bigger, don't you? Yeah, I think it's um interesting that you said that. You feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, I think it's definitely something that you learn through playing rugby. Oh, well, because you know playing rugby you get put in some very uncomfortable positions yeah. you know physically but also mentally because it's tough yakka yeah sometimes you know you especially if you're losing and you're well, on you defense lose. you lose don't you yeah and, and you and you know in life we don't always lose enough no so you lose on the pitch you learn how to deal with that you learn how to be a good loser you learn how to look at your your um results and think how am i going to be better next time yes which doesn't happen in life enough. No. Yeah, oh. mate, that's a good one, isn't it? Comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Love that. What about you? See, there she goes. Hey, She's gone again, Hi, mate. Zoom. You should time her and give her some laps. She... Yep, <laughs> yeah, time started, Yell, <laughs> yell out on, the Jenny. window. <laughs> Slower than last time, Jenny. Pick uh, up the pace, love. Prob- possibly, I would think that I learnt. Oh, no, she's stopped. Oh, she's, she's had enough. Here she comes, look. Here's she... Jenny. Hang on, let me have a look. Yeah. Oh, yes, she yeah. does live around the corner. Does she? Yep. She's walking back home now. She's all kitted up, isn't no, she? No, no, she's done that before, and then she'll run again. Oh, this is a little... Um, Maybe she's doing a little bit of lap training. Little, little, yeah, what do they call Fartly. that? Fartlek. Yep. Um, probably for me would just be I learned how to... I learned how to focus on your own performance so that the team... You just do your, basically, to do your job well. Not to think about how everyone else does their bit. But it's like a game within a game, isn't it? Correct. It's a game within a game. And not to not to lose focus on your core responsibility. And I think, you know, when you go into life and business, have an understanding that you're often a cog in a wheel and your bit needs to be done right so the rest of people can work around you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, don't downplay your role. Make sure you do your bit right before worrying about everyone else's. Yes. And also leadership, isn't it? Talking to people, um, setting standards, I think maintaining that, standards when the, when, the, when the weather's not great and the, you know, you're, you're a bit sore, you don't go wanting. And, you know, in life, when you, you know, now when I have a little bit of a cold or, or what, I don't not go to work. I soldier through. Oh, you're a soldier. You know? You're uh, a gladiator, mate. I'm glad at it, mate. Um, but yeah, like you sort of say there, talking to people, 
you know, you you sometimes you have to have those difficult situations or difficult conversations where it's just like, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, out of the game, you can then take that and put it into a work or whatever personal situation. It just makes it a bit easier. Mm. Mate. Do you have a question for me? No, I don't. No. I, I, we're going to finish the show with higher or lower. Oh, I do like a good finisher. I need to plug my phone back in because it was making some horrible noises was on it? the line. Yeah. Just give me a second. It was a bit like dial-up. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Oh, see, there she goes. She's gone again, mate. Yeah. She's off again. Right, I think. I just need to turn this up a little bit. Let's just um, let's just have a little go of the higher or lower correct and incorrect. Okay, need a little bit. There we go. There we go. That's much better. Okay. So we are talking about players' wages. So you need to put your phone away because I know you. <laughs> I know you. We're going to go higher or lower. Yeah. So we're going to start with Anton Dupont. Okay. All right. So is this player paid more or less than Anton Dupont. Okay, are you ready? Yep. Andre Pollard, higher or lower? Andre Pollard, he's at Leicester now, isn't he? He is, yes. He'll be on more. Andre Pollard will be on more than Anton Dupont. Wrong. He's on less. At what What are the figures? Anton Dupont is on 700,000. Andre Pollard was on over a million, but has taken a pay cut and has gone to 610,000. So he's taken almost half a million pay cut. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Higher or lower? Dan Bigger, higher or lower? Who does Dan Bigger play for? Uh, I'm not telling you that. Lower. You think he's lower? I think Dan Bigger's lower. I'm not sure why you'd pay him more. You're wrong. Oh, my. Dan Bigger's on more. He is on more. He's on 800,000. Really? Yes. He's playing for Toulon. Oh, see, I thought he was still. But he was on 600,000 at Northampton Saints. Yeah. So he was only just a little bit lower than Andre Pollard. He's a hell of a player, though, Dan Bigger. Hell of a player. He is, isn't he, actually? Okay. Are you ready for this? Mara Atoji, higher or lower? He he took a pay cut. He took a massive pay cut. And that's why he's thinking about going over to Europe. Higher or lower? Lower. Wrong. But you're kind of right. Um, so I've got half a point. <laughs> uh, yeah, i give you half a point there. Mara Atoji's on 850000 this year to 2023. He is taking... A massive pay cut going into next contract. Oh, right. Okay. He's taking half the money. He's going from 850 to about 400,000. Wow. Okay. They're getting paid a lot of money, aren't they? Well, certain players are, yes. But if you're a bog standard player, you're not getting paid much at all. Yeah, but okay, let's think about in New Zealand. Or Australia. Yes. How much are those guys getting paid, you think? <sighs> you know, eight, 800, 800K is about 1.6, isn't it? 
1.6 million dollars yeah they're not getting paid anywhere near that they won't be getting paid well they, they won't be getting paid eight hundred thousand dollars will they your top players though top players would be top players would be yeah do you think um yep like uh Artie Sevilla will get paid that uh the the deals with Adidas are huge so they get quite a bit of extra money through Adidas and you know I know that when they go over to Japan for like half a season they're getting paid over a million for that so but yes you're right what I would say is you're breaking through into your super rugby team player doesn't get paid a lot of money no but neither does you're breaking through into the premiership player they, they are appallingly badly you know it's like 20 grand really 20 if you're a bench player it's 20 grand i mean it's honestly shocking you can't live you can't off live it. off it you know they, they're often given houses are they like a flat that's the way that they get it done right anyway um Higher or lower? Higher or lower, Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell. He's on more. Saracens, English captain. It's got to be more. Wrong. Oh, thank God I'm wrong. <laughs> I haven't got any right. <laughs> What's Owen on? 750,000. Okay. Uh, he is. <coughs> He is having a new contract and he is going up to 820,000. And you are right, Atoji is going down to 400,000. Wow. So they, they've uh, seen, and, and I'll speak about that in a minute, but uh, the last one. Although Mario Teja, he's not, he, he wasn't very good in the World Cup, was he? I don't think he's been good for a while. Last one. Higher or lower than Owen Farrell? Owen. Finn Russell. Hello, oh, is it good question? Yes, yeah, so I was really thinking then. Finn I Russell's guess. brilliant, but I think he's lower. Clean sweet mate of wrong. Really? Oh, that's impressive. One million. Is he? Bath are playing him paying him one million. One million pounds. One million pounds. And he was on eight hundred and fifty thousand at Racing ninety two. Wow. So he is the highest paid rugby player of twenty twenty three. Really? Finn Russell, yeah. Full stop? Full stop. In the world. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the Japanese contracts, obviously, access to those, but this is all the top players playing in... In Europe. Europe. And do you think he's worth it? I I thought about this, and I thought, you know, would I go to a game of rugby if Finn Russell was playing? Yes. Would I go weekly if he was playing? Yes, I would. So I'd be paying to see him play. 100% I'd pay. It's like Jonah Lomu, right? You'd pay money to see Jonah play. But Finn Russell is not just going to make, is not just interesting to watch him play. It's watching the team play around him. It's going to be way more. So I think he's worth every penny of that because he's going to get people through the turnstiles and he's going to make his money back. No problems. Whereas I'm not saying I'd turn up to watch Maratoji play it's or Owen up. Farrell play. Oh, jeepers. I'd, go, I'd turn up to watch Carlos Spencer play, though. Oh, yeah. But Carlos Spencer is like for like for Finn Russell, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. Would I? Would you? Who else would I go to see? Exactly. Rugby-wise. I'd want to go and watch 
Dupont and Antimac. Yeah, I'd do I'd that. I'd want to go yeah. watch them, but I'm I'm not sure who else I'd want to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 struck. I don't think there's a lot of really like. Would you go and see Geordie Barrett? Would you go and watch Geordie Barrett? No, I wouldn't. Bowden Barrett. Mm, I'd probably go and watch Richie Mwanga playing. Um, I would like to see up close um, Smith because I'd like to see the pass. Aaron Smith. See the you know hear that? Can you can you hear it? Can you? See the ball whip through the air. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to hear it. <laughs> you would hear it's it. It's not a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you would, eh? You'd hear it whip through. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, you would, mate. <laughs> I was watching a clip the other day of when New Zealand played Ireland and we scored in like the 80-odd minute. Oh, is this to win the game? Yeah, and then uh, the, the, to, to draw kick, it. Then. To draw it, then to kick it. Yes. And Aaron Smith was playing, and just the speed of ground to to pass, yeah, was just ridiculous. You know, he was almost running through the ruck and passing it. He's and in the same motion. He was running to the next, but he could predict where the next ruck would be. What was amazing about Aaron Smith is he played some of his best rugby in the World Cup. He's unbelievable, isn't he? He he could easily keep playing, couldn't he? Oh well, he, well I'm I'm glad to hear he is still playing the game. He hasn't fully retired. Where is he going? Japan, I think. Is he earned some coin over there? But uh, but yeah, well there you go, mate. Now listen, it's been a great podcast. It's it been has. really nice doing it with you in the same yes, room. I have to yes. say, much easier. <laughs> Do you know what? It's actually been okay online though. Like yeah. I, I, I thought it might not be okay online, but I think it's okay online. Yeah. Uh, but definitely good to, to see your smiling face and to see the mo in mm. full. Glory. Lush at the moment. There's yeah. only a few more days, five more days to go. What can people do to keep the heating on, the lights on, and keep us going on a weekly basis? I haven't turned my heating on at Giggleswick. It's quite a warm place. No, it's freezing. It's like a bloody fridge. But they can like, share, subscribe, email, message, voice notes. Oh, we love those voice we notes. We love a we? voice note. Um, Patreon, link is below. Yes. Still on double figures, just. Just hanging in there. Thank you, Benji. Yes. What a good lad. Very good lad. Um, but yeah, emails. We love an email. We love a listener's question. We love a listener's question. Hey, if you've got a quiz, send it in. Send it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, mate, until next time. See you later. Podcast Network.